Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he led him until he left him until an opportune time. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds to the words of Jesus in our own wilderness experience. Keep us true to you and lead us in the way of Jesus. Amen. It's a superbly vivid picture and story of Jesus and the devil, this wrestling with evil that Jesus undergoes in the wilderness. And this struggle between good and evil has echoed down the centuries in human history. The struggle between truth and falsehood, between freedom and oppression, between love and hate, between life and death. We see it played out in the messy world of politics and, of course, most viciously and most vividly in the present situation in Ukraine. How can a ceasefire for civilians to escape a bomb city be broken in just half an hour and the bombing of those civilians restart. Let's pray that the ceasefire today is longer lived. I do not know. Such horrors, such a struggle within human society between good and evil. And of course, 
it's not just played out out there. It's played out within ourselves, within our own attitudes and our actions, where our hearts lie. We all too often fall into the temptation to live well at the expense of others, to put the blame on others, to see ourselves as maybe a little better than others, to scapegoat others. And that division in humanity grows and evil people take hold of those attitudes and use them to play mischief, to do evil. Even the church in Russia has played its part in a mythology that Ukraine is somehow part of Mother Mother Russia and the Ukraine church should come back to its mother church of Russia. And we pray for Metropolitan Kirill that he will come to his senses and speak out against that violence. We are caught up in this. It's not just about other people. It's not just about the Putins of this world. And Jesus himself faced temptation. He himself underwent that struggle. He is that human that for all his being filled with the Holy Spirit, being being absolutely loved by God as child to father, as child to parent. For all that, he still struggled to work out what does it mean to be a child of God? What does it mean to be the son of God? And that inner struggle is played out in the wilderness, away from prying eyes or chattering tongues. He's consciously gone out into the wilderness, the space apart. In fact, he's been driven by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, to have this time right at the beginning of his ministry, his work of preaching and healing that will lead to Jerusalem. He's heard God's voice, you are my beloved son, and now he has to wrestle with the temptation to use that, that relationship with God in the wrong way, to misinterpret what Son of God really means. There was no one there. There was no reporter to record the meeting with the devil, whatever the devil looked like. It was for Jesus to tell the story. And he told it as a great drama, one in which this devil took him up onto mountains and onto the temple ramparts. It's a vision that is beyond the physical. It's a spiritual battle, and it's real. And each time this evil voice says to Jesus, if, if you are the Son of God, I'll prove it 
in this way or use it in that way. And each time Jesus recognises that what is being suggested is not God's way. That's not what it means to be son of God. He uses words from the Exodus, from, from his Jewish and from the experience of, of Israel in the wilderness to rebut that evil voice. Being the son of God is not about turning stones into bread. It's not about magic in that sense. It's not about meeting his own need or even anyone else's need by some magic wand. People, Jesus knows, are more than bread. They are more than just consumers. This is one of the great temptations of Western society, to see everyone as simply a consumer. You are here just to buy more, to give more profits to uh, those who produce the goods or own uh, those who produce the goods. You are just consumers. And all we need from you is that you consume more and more. It doesn't matter about the planet. It doesn't matter about the, the people who are producing these under terrible conditions. It doesn't matter that you're supporting oppressive regimes. You are consumers. Consume more and more and more. And the world, the planet, will die. And more and more people will suffer injustice. Jesus knows that we do not live by bread alone. We are not simply consumers. And he lives by that. He recognises the value of people as people, not just as means to an end. And he, he knows that he mustn't use his powers in the wrong way, to manipulate people or to reduce people to simply things to consume. We have souls, we have spirits, we need meaning and purpose and above all, love. And so Jesus shows us what it means to be truly human, not just a number or a cog in an economic system not just consumers wanting more and more. We are more than our mobile phones, more than our holiday experiences. We are souls. And in St. Augustine's words, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in God. So that's the first temptation that Jesus resists. And then he recognises that being the son of God is not about human power. It's not about political or military power. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. So it's a wonderful picture. And he said, I'll... And the devil said, I'll give you all that authority and splendor 
It's been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want if you worship me. It will all be yours. All that power, that power to sort out the world, that power to destroy all the, all the bad people. What amazing power to have. Surely that's what the Son of God will be about. But Jesus answers, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus shows us what power is really about. It's not about the Putins of this world with all their nuclear capability. True power rests with the creator of all that is. It rests with the saviour of all. God alone is worthy of worship. Ultimate power, the power of love, is God's. And no human being should claim that for themselves. If they do so, they dehumanise themselves and they dehumanise others too. I suppose that's why Jesus used more often the term Son of Man than Son of God. He wanted to recognise humanity. And finally, being the Son of God is not about a get-out-of-jail card to be used whenever it's needed. It's not about testing God, checking God's love by seeking confirmation at every turn. It's about trust. The devil led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. It's written in the Psalms, in the Bible. Scripture itself tells us, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift up you in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Surely if it's in the Bible, you can do that, Jesus. You can know that God really loves you. Just throw yourself down and God will make sure the angels catch you. And Jesus says, don't put God to a test. My whole relationship with my Father is based on trust, not on some trick. And the devil leaves Jesus until an opportune time. That evil voice remains. It remains for the whole of Jesus' life on earth. And at the very end of his life, there is the voice again. If you are the Son of God, then save yourself. That voice of the bypassers as Jesus hangs on the cross, his lifeblood draining away. The passers-by hurled insults at him, crying, Save yourself if you are the Son of God. But Jesus remains hanging on the cross, dying to save others, not himself, to save this world from evil and hatred and death. And still Jesus suffers for his world today, still suffers to save you and me and countless others 
others who may not have ever heard of his name, and yet he suffers for them too. As Paul says, Jew and Gentile makes no difference. All who call, all who call out, and they might even not know quite who they are calling out to, but they will be saved. Not throned above, remotely high, untouched, unmoved by human pains, but daily in the midst of life, our Saviour in the Godhead reigns. In every insult, rift and war, where colour, scorn or wealth divide, Christ suffers still, yet loves them all, and lives where even hope has died. That great hymn of Brian Wren, that Christ is alive and there in the midst of our suffering world. Behold the Son of God, the Son of Man, truly divine in his love for all, truly human in his vulnerability and compassion. Trust in this Jesus. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Thanks be to God. The World Council of Churches has called for immediate end to the current armed hostilities and the protection of all human lives and communities threatened by this violence. It's insisted on respect for established national borders. And so we pray, pray for peace in Ukraine, but not not a peace based on military destruction, but a peace that comes with justice and freedom. We pray for the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia too, and all, all leaders of our nations. We pray that further escalation will be avoided and that true peace may be established. And to lead us into a prayer for peace in Ukraine, a, a prayer that comes and is being used in many churches in this country, we're going to hear a song from Ukraine. There is a, a very active Christian church within Ukraine in, in a whole variety of styles. Orthodox Christians are perhaps are the majority, but there are also Catholics and Protestants uh, and new churches who have a living faith in Jesus. And this is a popular worship song from Ukraine, I Will Sing, by Maria Kuchanian and Diana Yakovin. And the words are on the, the service sheet. Let's listen to it now.
Він той, хто підіймає, миром огортає. Його любов велика, до нього пригорнусь. Коли на серці важко, він камінь забирає, ніжно обіймає. Ось святий Ісус співатиме.